Welcome to The Savvy Founder. The one place for entrepreneurs and business owners. Away from the everyday bustle. Where we help you find your path to a profitable and bright future. Now here's your host, The Savvy Founder and armchair sociologist himself, Philip Topham. Hello and welcome to The Savvy Founder. I'm Philip Topham, your host. I'm very, very happy to have Rachel Randolph here. Uh, welcome, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me, Philip. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Excellent. Yeah, we met through the proverbial networking, uh, building our relationships and connections, and we got introduced together. And you have an interesting background and a focus on, on communications. And I thought, hmm. That's a, that's something uh, founders have a problem with when they're doing their pitch decks. They sometimes stumble or all sorts of things. So I thought, let's bring you on and, and help out the audience on all these entrepreneurs. So with that, why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself? How did you get into becoming focused on communications? Yeah, so my focus on communication started from being really terrible at it. I uh, had a very one-way, narrow-minded career path when I was in my early, early 20s uh, as a pastry cook, and then and my ambition was to be a pastry chef, and went to culinary school, worked at 11 Madison Park, the whole gambit, and had no interest in a social life, nothing. So I lost my job due to a back injury in 2013 and found myself without a degree and unemployed and needing to network to pick myself back up and, and find work. And I stumbled my way through it. It was awful. Like I look back on those years and cringe. And so then I moved to Indianapolis and did real estate for a few years. And in the early days of doing real estate, I was 23 and had to talk to people about money and making transfers and real estate. And I had to learn all new things and be a lot more customer service oriented and social. And that's just for work. I didn't even like, that's not even including what I had to do to build a life again um, socially and deal with my own social anxiety. So I had to, I had to start from scratch in, in every way. And I was terrible at it. I was terrible at communicating my feelings. I was very emotional because of everything happening to me. I didn't know how to talk to people older than me without being very people pleasing and uh, submissive. I didn't speak my mind at all. I, you know, all the things as an early 20s and then I was very personal development oriented though like I knew right. that was a way to I knew that was a thing that the people that I was around were interested in so I got interested in it obviously for the wrong so, reason so yeah so so let me let me just sort of interrupt it briefly yeah. for everybody that's listening so you two if you're the engineer and you love working in the laboratory a scientist that sort of stuff Guess what? You too can learn how to communicate. And for those of you that don't know my background or haven't listened to some of the other podcasts, I started as a network engineer. I was a little bit geeky. Uh, I certainly had a close net of friends, but I could never imagine that I'd be on a stage or talking to people or doing any of that sort of stuff and doing it very easily. So you too can learn those skills. You And I like to say, 
uh, if you're technical, I give you permission to use your mind to think about people and develop those skills and you will do so. So let's, let's continue. <laughs> That's actually a perfect, a perfect interruption because I am very analytical and I saw the ducks lining up of this is a way to get in. This is a way to essentially manipulate the system of people that like these things. And then I can get in on the crowd and it was all very inauthentic. Um, but dealing with social anxiety and starting over is, is difficult for anyone at any age. And so I started seeing that didn't just affect me. It was a lot of people I was interacting with, the engineers that were buying real estate, the, the techie guys that were young and buying real estate, the couples that were kind of fighting and had community. I just saw communication issues everywhere. So I started a meetup um, because I was listening to podcasts and the YouTube and everything. And I just wanted to have a conversation with somebody. So I'm like, Hey, you deal with this. I deal with this. Like, what are you doing? How do you apply it? How do you integrate in your life? Um, what have you found that your biggest struggle is? And without going to some big $6,000 event symposium that I get hot on for a few days and then leave and I forget what I did. So I started this meetup called Connect Ed, and it was just free for people all over Indianapolis to come. And it started in person and then it's gone virtually. So three and a half years. And it's everyone from physicians to other therapists, to engineers, to authors, you name it. Everyone has come to this group with, and all over the country, it's now international, um, but you know, you name it, social anxiety, I say, takes no prisoners and having a safe, a safe space or, or attempting to cultivate a safe space, because that's kind of right, right. thrown around, but I have no idea what a safe space is from one person to another. It's totally different based off of all sure. of their foundation. And that's actually a segue into how my work started is because I saw that the disconnect between the information and the application was that subjective experience of what these things mean to that person and I was like okay well nothing that's not getting addressed so I started my company which is spec introspective communication coaching because I realized that the, the most effective way to make any of these changes in communication stress management emotional regulation networking business building was the subjective experience addressing what was getting in the way of all of this information. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I, I see that sometimes in, in founders are just, uh, just passionate about things and ideas are bubbling up through their head all over the place, sort of popcorning. And yet they can't seem to get in front of a stage because they've got 20 ideas and they can't communicate just the one that is going to be the one to get them the money. Yeah. And it, it ends up being this, this disconnect between communication being affected by how your mind works, how your emotions work. We want to, maybe it's too difficult to take on that. We think that it, it's that. So we disconnect from the idea that I'm going to learn a communication tip and take care of it. I'm going to learn uh, this one specific thing and I'll be great at applying it, integrating it, and it won't be a problem anymore. But then we come to the table and stub our toe or get into a fight with our partners. And then all of that, where's that tip now? <laughs> Where did it go? <laughs> you know, where is it? So, so, 
it's gone. <laughs> and so approaching it from the, the way that they're, they're deeply interconnected sure. and there's no separation between, you know, communication and our abilities to regulate our, our internal world. Got it. So uh, what you're really focusing on is, is communication absolutely begins with the person and what's going on in their head before they ever get forward, right? Full send, just like, zip, that's it. <laughs> Excellent. The whole focus is like, and communicating well and effectively, it's like a D, uh, a re, um, what's that? Reverse engineering. I want to communicate well. Okay, well, piece together all the things that require me communicating well and effectively. And it's being able to have clear a clear mind, being focused, listening well, being able to express my thoughts and feelings at any given time. Those are all the things that make up this pinnacle of effective, deliberate, assertive communication. And so going backwards and seeing, well, if I'm stressed out, why am I stressed? Because I know that it affects my communication. I'm not even going after communicating well anymore. I'm going after regulating my stress. Right. So, so it, it, as we said, understanding yourself, having that reflection ability to reflect on what's going on. So if you get nervous on stage, you have to dig deep to figure out why does that happen, right? Yeah. And it's what I think a lot of people get caught up in is the shoulds. I, I started this company. I have all these ideas. I did this. I shouldn't be feeling like this. I shouldn't have this problem. And this reflection to address what these worries are and get in front of that. There's no one that said that you shouldn't have issues communicating when you've got a million ideas in your head or you're worried about money and finding partnerships and you're doing all these things like of course you should be worried of course you should be feeling stressed like this is an exciting tension building thing that you're, you're creating yeah. something out of nothing yeah i'm reminded of i i wish i could recall perfectly winston churchill's mm -hmm topic you know if you give if you can if i need to talk all day let's get started right now if i need to give a five minute speech give me at least a week to boil it down into the perfect ideas right it, yeah. it, that was the essence of his quote for for anybody that's listening that knows it go ahead and send it to me or or google it and we'll <laughs> we'll we'll post it out there but yeah yeah no that's it's exactly what that brings me to is presence, which is kind of a buzzword. And we can kind of get into that later in the talk when we're talking about tools um, to apply these kind of things. But yeah, the, the problem is, is getting in front of and behind all of that chatter. So people can stay, so founders can respond to their world so presently with what's happening. What's the best thing to do to alleviate what the struggle is right now? Yeah, let, let's dig into that a little bit. So there's a couple of words we've used, uh, presence and authentic. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure everybody agrees as what that means or even understands what that is. So how do you look at presence and authenticity? Yeah, so authenticity is my favorite. It's just a congruency. Just I just Googled it one day when I was tired of reading all these different interpretations and definitions. 
which essentially proves my point that it's a subjective, like we're all operating out of our own frames of the world and experience. So that being a foundational belief and then just Googling, okay, what does everybody seem to agree is authenticity in the grander scheme of things? And it's a congruency between your thoughts, actions, words, beliefs, all of these things, essentially core values being involved in there and operating from that place, speaking from that place. And so if I'm looking for effective communication with one person or another, authenticity will look different because of how I perceive that person, that situation, that experience. It's not going to be like a clean cut across the board. Got it. So in this congruency thing. So if somebody is, uh, let's bring it back to the pitch deck. So I've often see somebody really excited about their pitch. They go, oh, I've got the greatest thing. And we're going to have like 400 people next week. You know, they're, they're suddenly, they're really excited, but their voice drops at the end of the sentence. It's, it's not even a line. They're, they've got some fears about getting customers and suddenly that's not authentic and it comes across. Is that what we're talking about? So, I mean, beliefs and fears and getting into all of that, when someone's inflection changes, yeah, they're experiencing something different regarding or associated with that particular aspect of their work, their passion. Maybe they only want to be the idea person and the, the pressure of being all of it gets to their head and then that is what's being reflected but that's that's authenticity that's authentic to them and we're like there isn't a way that and this is where it kind of gets dicey in the the congruency aspect is that I can't say what's authentic for you I can only say that when I'm nervous that nervousness is coming from a place that is stemming from my beliefs from my experience of the world and it won't look the same as anybody else's, but my idea is to get alignment from that place, that observation, that awareness of what not fitting, what doesn't feel right. I'm responsible for that. Got no it. one can tell me what doesn't feel right to me. Got it. So with that said, um, how, how do we, you know, how do we solve those sorts of problems? How do we how do we help the how do we help the entrepreneur that uh, get better at communicating? So it's it's that awareness, reflection, application thing. I think there were there were four of them: um, the awareness, introspection, reflection, and application. So my awareness of something is how my body will feel. How my you know, when that feels out of alignment, something feels off. I, my tone drops, for example, I'm super passionate one second and then I'm, something happens the next second. I'm stumbling over my words and that's my awareness. That's the first step. And then the introspection aspect is why is this happening? When did this pressure start? Where does it live in my body? What is a technique to get rid of it? How do I access communication through it? Um, do I need help? those kind of just self-inquiry questions to get my brain on my side about what I'm aware of all of a sudden. And then reflection. Okay. So it's from this place. I need this help. I need this thing. And then all of a sudden I have action items. 
and then it's application. So then I just apply. And it's not a just apply like anything it, as if it's generalized, like these things are very difficult. <laughs> so this takes a lot of practice, but that all starts with this awareness and that's where presence comes in. What is happening in my immediate, immediate moment right now? Like for me, I'm a little nervous. I know that this is a great podcast and I'm a founder myself. Like I want to do a good job. So that's my awareness of how I'm feeling nervous right now. And then my introspection, well, why do I feel this way? Well, I want to do a good job. Well, what's my reflection? Well, doing a good job means to me being able to articulate my thoughts and ideas, being honest and transparent. That's incongruency. That's authentic to me. And then my application is you know, telling you about it right now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Right yeah. Yeah. You know, it, you know, we're talking about it and it's, it's fuzzy, but concrete at the same time, you know, awareness, introspection, reflection, application. I certainly know when I started the podcast process, I too was very nervous. And I would wonder why am I nervous talking into a microphone to people that aren't, I don't know. Uh, I still don't quite know, but I was very comfortable standing in front of a, a stage of a hundred people and talking to a room and even telling them off, right? Telling the, the, the room, you know, be, be happy or stop being negative and, and commanding the room. So it's, it's quite remarkable uh, how we each have those little idiosyncrasies. So I think that's a really keen insight when you're talking about communications. And it's not talked about too much. Yeah, the nuances, I mean, my company is built off of addressing these nuances. My, I am no better or well off or capable than anybody else. And that's been the biggest leveling lesson inside of my work is that we're all experiencing the world and our lives through a lens. And that core belief helps me not only have more empathy for myself and kind of calm myself, but understand that that's how everyone else is operating. So my communication takes like six levels up and my stress takes six levels down. And that's how I can articulate more clearly and, and assertively and stay in alignment with myself is because this awareness of how it works and addressing these nuances makes it easier for me. Communication becomes effortless because I'm not focused on communication. I'm focused on all the things that make communication happen and addressing the nuances. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. It, so it's, it's that, again, I, I still think that's a really important that, that awareness of how you're communicating and awareness that everybody else has the same sort of struggles to communicate. And they do it to greater or lesser extent, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I was just thinking of, you know, the CEO that looks super confident in one area, but struggles in another area that nobody ever sees. And I've talked to them all and it's, it, it, you know, no one escapes from it. It shows up in one way or another. And we hear these stories about how the super, super rich, super on top, but miserable, super, super great, low, low assembly um, person on the bottom, but like super happy and just navigates their day and has a smile on their face. But 
maybe doesn't have two pennies to rub together. You know, we hear these stories and some of them are inspiring, but it's also, you know, what about my life? Like, I want to be wealthy and I want to be happy. I want to navigate this relationship well, and I want to also be assertive and confident and come across this way. How do we do all of those things? And Perfect. being dialed into our own experiences, how we figure out how to do that for ourselves. Yeah, very nice. So for the, for the audience, that's the, for the entrepreneurs and such that they're tuning in, they know they may have had some, you know, issues communicating, whether that was they lost a, uh, they lost a deal with a sales prospect, um, a, an interview with a new employee, hiring a new co-founder went really badly, um, a pitch deck didn't go as well, and they, commu- they botched the communication. Is, is there anything that they can do to start on that journey to really start addressing those issues? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, dialing in what and tuning into what what happened, what really happened there. And maybe the intentions were misaligned. So you stumbled through your words or you tried to fit in something that wasn't totally fleshed out. I mean, there's so many things. So it's like the awareness is there. You know, anyone listening that is tuning in with knowing something's missing and not quite sure how to address it. Now that's the, you have already done the awareness part. And then it's the introspection part. Well, what happened there? Use time travel. Use our amazing quantum time traveling machines inside of our skulls to go back into that situation. And without judgment, which is the key aspect here, glean information from what that experience was. What was your state of mind that day? What feelings did you have prior to, during, and after, if you can recall that kind of thing? If you can't, were you even present? Were you thinking about something else while you were interviewing that person and it, or presenting that pitch deck and you botched it? You know, I could have that had something to do with it. And that's the reflection. It's like, well, if, if that was, you know, when you feel into it, if that was part of why that didn't, that communication didn't go well, how will I change it next time? What can I improve in this specific area? If I was really stressed out, I should look into de-stressing myself before such ex- such experiences. And that's the tool. That's the thing that I can work on. And these things all happen prior to communication. You know, like all the things that I'm saying right now are things that I've thought and felt and experienced and all in this amalgamation of the words that I'm using, the language that I'm presenting to you right now. I'm not like, I'm not just communicating. I have felt into and experienced and and done all these things in order to articulate what my ideas are without saying, um, and like, and pausing too much and all these things that are happening to, to articulate fluidly and not be impervious to some stumbles and stuff, but I'm not worried about that as I'm talking. Maybe those happen, but I'm not worried about it. And it's the work that I've done well before communicating that affects how I communicate now. And so what could somebody do that's aware of those things is introspect and reflect and then apply it in the next time that they talk to a barista when they order their (laughs) coffee. 
Are you dialed in? Are you present? Are you thinking about something else while you're ordering your coffee? Do you not want to engage with the barista? Dial yeah. into that. Do you not, are you bored? <laughs> are you not even there? Are you thinking about something in the future or the past? And the ability to practice those things in everyday life is addressing that nuance. Yeah, I think a very key word that you use, and I, I like that word, and that's presence. Yeah. Right. And that is somehow focusing your awareness on wherever you're at. If you're presenting your pitch deck to the investors, you're presenting your idea and preventing, preventing your business and how they're going to make money. Yeah. But if you're suddenly worried about whether the graphics look nice or whether you're whether you should have worn a tie or not a tie or jeans with holes or too, too, too disrespectful. You know, if your mind's going in a million directions, then you're probably not there. You're probably not present and you're probably not in tune. And that's where these tools of, of it, it, in my mind, it doesn't matter what the communication is. I've removed the pressure asking for a $40,000 contract for a, for a coaching gig that I'm working on a program for, a custom program for. I met with the VP of this company and I was like, yeah, I'm nervous because I'm excited and this is a big deal for me. And it was incongruency. It was an alignment for me to be transparent about that because that's what I would be teaching, <laughs> like dialing into that. And so being present with what I'm feeling helps me regulate my, you know, if my amygdala is shooting off for whatever reason, my fight or flight is getting triggered, my cortisol release, the whole gambit. I need to find a way to regulate that so I can manage what's happening in front of me. And that's where these practices like meditation and journaling and heart coherence and some of the tools that I use in my coaching practice, um, regulate my autonomic nervous system, which is the blood pressure and the, the stress management, the cortisol, the chemical releases, um, my heart, my heartbeat, all these things that end up distracting me from the present moment and end up turning me into another cycle of now I'm all red and my heart's beating really fast and I can't get, I can't get my idea out, out quickly. I'm like, oh wait, I know how to do this. And I do my technique and then I'm there again. And nice. It, no, no one ever needs to stay present 24 seven. That's ridiculous. But there yeah. is the practice of knowing oh. how to get back there when you leave presence and Got removing it. the stress from whatever is in the way of being present, whether it's a, an argument or a, a high, a perceived high risk conversation in a relationship, interpersonal communication, a disagreement or presenting a pitch deck. Like they can't, in my mind, they can't matter. They, they don't need to matter. It doesn't need to have a higher, a higher pressure, um, pressure yeah. in general. Pressure. Yeah. So let's, so what are, what are, you've mentioned a bunch of techniques, the uh, journaling, uh, meditation, other things, what would you like the audience to, is there anything you think that would help them as they're going forward for pitch decks? What is there, is there one or two or that they should start to try and figure out how to improve their 
So yeah, I mean, all of them. <laughs> what 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 I'm feeling into right now of being helpful is a mind map. Um, often founders or people who are creative, your creatives one way or another are visual. And one thing, a lot of these are kind of mind mindy. Journaling and mind map are visual and meditation and heart coherence are into your feeling into your feelings and, and presencing. So a mind map would just be writing down whatever the stress is, pitch deck, conversation, um, a presentation, anything like that, and circling it in the middle of a page and drawing lines like stress, pressure. Start by identifying the feelings that are coming around it. And then you can use that awareness of it. This is what's coming up. And then introspection and reflection on what are those things that are coming up and why are they coming up? And then the application of, okay, well, what's actually building this pressure around the presentation is this and getting a clear picture of it. It's almost like taking a screenshot of your mind when you're thinking about something that is causing some stress um, or pressure and you want to alleviate it. Perfect. So if, so if I'm, doing a pitch deck and I really bombed it, then what you might say is do a mind map, write down all the things that are floating around in your head. Oh, I screwed up on slide two. I stumbled everything you're doing and really get a hold of where that, where did the pressure angst, did it start in the meeting, out of the meeting? Um, you know, did it and really get, focused on all the the emotional stuff which which engineers aren't always the best at doing but they're what they are really really good at is being analytical so think of it as an analytical thing and that's why i said the more visual thing if you're if you're more analytical and visually inclined than the mind map and journaling journal out and maybe even writing at the top, like do this without judgment. It's not designed, it's not supposed to be a, a live in the past criticism. I find it to be a very helpful tool into getting a, a, a visual aid or a screenshot in what happened in this situation or what is happening right now as I think about this situation. It helps if you wanna prepare for something that you're having a situation about. Often I just even write me in the middle and then write all the categories. Sure, absolutely. Around. And yep. being able to look at it, often I'll be able to, to connect dots between one category and another, stress and money. Well, that's an obvious one, but why? Not just leaving it there. Like anyone can tell me that money might stress me out a lack thereof or too much and I don't know what to do with it as far as I don't know paying taxes or something like there are lots of different things that they can connect with each other on and then sometimes you know throw mom issues in there like like that has something to do with it and if I'm just worried about money or just worried about stress and I don't see the connection of my beliefs about my mom spending too much money and that's why I'm worried about spending too much money. And so what I should actually be focusing on is like my beliefs around money when I was growing up. Oh, well, all of a sudden I know exactly what to apply to. Yeah, absolutely. On, rather than just being judgmental or mad at myself for having these beliefs or for having this, this fear around 
making money or not making any money. They're, they all stem from something. And the, the real power of self-reflection and introspection and being guided in self-reflection and introspection is that there's somebody holding your hand through that so you don't just sit there and criticize yourself into oblivion. Like, you can you can do it. Sure, sure, absolutely. I, I, you know, communication fundamentally takes a couple of people, <laughs> at least two. <laughs> and if you're only communicating, talking to the wind, you have no idea uh, whether you're being effective or not, and whether you're getting a hold of yourself. So, how does the audience get a hold of you, Rachel? I, I can't believe our time has flown by. Quick and easy conversation. Yeah, so people can find me on my website, which is yourspeccoach.com. It's, um, can email me, hello at yourspeccoach.com. I post on LinkedIn, Instagram. Yeah, I'll have all of that in the show notes. I'll put it in the show notes as well, make it easy for people. Yeah, and I have lots of, lots of freebies on my website and resources. So I'm working on so many projects right now, um, heart coherence workshops and journaling workshops. I call it junk drawer journaling because we need a place to put our things. We take in millions of bits of information a day. And if they're not being addressed, they sit in there while you're trying to do something <laughs> and be present, but you're thinking about socks. Like what? <laughs> no, I need to focus. And that's often how to address all of those issues, like not being able to be motivated or inspired or concentrated. There's just stuff in the way and it, it deeply affects our abilities to communicate. Absolutely. So with that, it's been an absolute pleasure, Rachel. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank you so much. It flew by, Philip. <laughs> it certainly did. For those who are listening, communications, four simple things. Yes, right, sure. They're simple. Awareness, introspection, reflection, and application. You can master them too. Or if you need help, reach out to Rachel. Yeah. I'm Philip Topham, the savvy founder, wishing you a bright and profitable future in both your personal and business lives. If you've liked the show, please show please share it with another entrepreneur so they too can shorten their journey. Leave a five-star review. If you want to talk to me book me at askthesavvyfounder.youcanbook.me. I'll take any questions and advice and for the next shows, that sort of thing. With that, take care. Wishing you a bright future. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to subscribe and check out our website for tips, thesavvyfounder.com. You can also follow Philip on Clubhouse at The Savvy Founder. Wishing you a profitable and bright future. Safe journeys. See you next week.